My name is Mark Vina, and welcome to the Smart Tech Check podcast, where we cover all tech topics that are smart home, home automation, security, and console gaming related. Today is Wednesday, November 18th, 2020. The trajectory of the smart home has been in flux in 2020. What is always, uh, what's always been in a, 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 a uh, you know, I'm going to start again, guys. Ugh. Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Dana, and welcome to the Smart Tech Chat Podcast. I think I'm drunk. I assure you that I'm not. Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Dana, and welcome to the Smart Tech Chat Podcast, where we cover all tech topics that are smart home, home automation, security, and console gaming related. Today is Wednesday, November 18th, 2020. The trajectory of the smart home has been in flux in 2020. What is always an evolving ecosystem has been shaken with different experiences that homeowners have had as they've moved to working from home. The need for security devices, for example, has changed and homeowners are now seeking conferencing, entertainment and wellness experiences. With these rapid changes, what does the future of the smart home look like? To continue the adoption curve, the smart home must adapt. I'm connected with John Clancy, VP of the residential group at Crestron to discuss today's smart home market and where all the changes in 2020 will take us. John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mark. How are things going for you? Things are great. Uh, these are uh, interesting times for sure. And, uh, and uh, the smart home is definitely carrying us through. So thank you. Well, you know, I've been looking forward to having this chat with you because, um, you know, honestly, Crestron they really have had an envious reputation um, in the smart home because, you know, you know, and I've chatted before, I always got the feeling that Crestron was aware of the smart home before there was a smart home. And, uh, and I think that's a wonderful rep reputation that the company is built on. You obviously have a tremendous um, legacy reputation in uh, home automation, uh, office automation particularly, uh, both at the residential level and the com uh, commercial level. But um, let's talk a little bit about how it's 2020 been for Crestron. You know, how's, how's this performed for you guys? Well, look, I mean, uh, you know, the current times have definitely pushed people in their homes more, right? And, and you know, my responsibility of, of, of running our residential business unit, you know, this has created opportunities for us. Um, people are definitely spending more time in their homes and definitely want to improve uh, everything about these spaces, especially in the technology space. You know, and, and, and the interesting thing is, is the smart home has been growing rapidly over the last few years. There's a lot of things driving it. Um, you know, the, the drive of um, uh, a digital assistants like Siri and like particularly like Alexa and uh, Google, Google Assistant has really done a fantastic job of making it easy to, easier to bring those kind of uh, devices into the home. Uh, but what kind of factors do you believe over the last two to five years have really been driving it? What do you think the chief issues are? I mean, certainly the pandemic has actually been a tailwind because people are now spending more time at home and they're, they're, they're just looking for ways to automate certain things in their home. But what do you think the big, the big macro factors are have been over the last, uh, call it three to five years? Well, I would say the, just the propagation of technology in general. I mean, um, people are uh, completely surrounded by technology all the time. So bringing more and more of that to the home. Uh, secondarily, you mentioned some of the, of the big players in the space. Um, just from an advertising perspective, the end user, the, the homeowner is bombarded every day with advertisements around these little widgets that they need to have in their home. And I think, you know, from their perspective, and I do speak to a lot of uh, end users and homeowners uh, all the time, and, and um, their comments are, 
you know, somewhat confusing in, in the fact that they are confused, that they don't know what choice to make. They mm. don't always interoperate uh, the way it may be perceived on TV uh, and what may be perceived as DIY or do-it-yourself uh, really aren't in many cases, that they're relying on at least significant things like the home network to be extremely robust. Um, and that's just one part of it. But, you know, in many cases, there's this um, kind of residential um, technology integrator uh, comment or, or, or name around what these products are to them. And they call it DIFM or do it for me, right? Where they're taking these DIY products and installing it for a customer. And these are products that were intended to be installed by the end user, but obviously mm -hmm. too complicated for them to make a choice around, too, too complicated for them to integrate. Well, you know, the fascinating thing to me is that, you know, you mentioned the, the do-it-yourself market, which really has been, been more or less the foundation of the smart home. And, you know, the great news about DIY is that there's all these hundreds and hundreds of devices. You walk into a Best Buy, they've got a you know, big, big uh, piece of their real estate cut out for, um, for smart home products. And God knows there's one almost out there, a product for everyone. The downside is there's so many different products because it's very often confusing. Very often these products don't talk, uh, don't talk to each other. Uh, the return rates at retail uh, for smart home products are, are extremely high, even comparison to, even in compared to other consumer electronics. So let's talk about that because it is a long journey for most consumers. Most consumers don't stop and say, okay, this weekend I'm gonna completely outfit my home. They do it kind of in a piecemeal fashion. They might put a smart lock in place then they may go for the windows and they may go for a Nest uh, thermostat. So give me your perspective on why that journey and why, um, why it is a journey for most uh, consumers because it isn't a light switch where they just flip it and all of a sudden their home instantly becomes a George Jetson type of home. So let's talk a little bit, a bit about that. Well, you know, I touched on the, uh, a, the confusion factor, right? They don't know how to make a choice because it's not easy. It's not evident to them, right? Um, they're just bombarded with options and, and, and it is overwhelming for many, many end users. Secondarily, you know, like I said, the, the, the installation or configuration of these is, is not easy. Third, the integration between them either is non-existent or also very difficult. And then lastly, how do you get support? I mean, uh, that, that's really the biggest factor. When I speak to my Alexa to turn on my Wemo lights uh, and it doesn't work, who do I call, right? Uh, do I call Amazon? Do I call Wemo? Or, you know, it gets very, very difficult and frustrating for an end user. So therefore hiring someone from, you know, from this space, uh, someone who's a professional, um, you know, home installer uh, that, that's focused specifically on this, this, this space is really where, where the value uh, comes back into place. Now, but the important thing is though, is that, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when Crestron comes into, you know, gets a, a call from a, a dealer, a Crestron dealer, and we'll talk about the dealer um, element of your, of your uh, strategy in a second. But when someone reaches out to a Crestron dealer, very often they already have some type of smart home device installed. So they're not asking for people to, okay, we got to clear the decks and you're going to install just a bunch of Crestron stuff. How do you kind of comprehend you know, the legacy smart home devices are in many cases in people's homes already and the integration into a Crestron experience where you might want to do things in a much more integrated way. You want to be able to add that professional support element because that is missing in many cases at the, at the retail level. So let's talk about that because that's a very, very powerful component of what Crestron delivers in the smart home. So, uh, you know, our, look, our approach is to do two things, right? Uh, manufacture our own first party products where we can deliver a best-in-class experience. 
while simultaneously working with these other partners, right? For instance, um, you know, you don't have to use our thermostat. You can use a Nest thermostat and that's okay. Uh, the experience changes a little, uh, being able to uh, maybe uh, create scheduled events right from my, my Crestron Home app become a little more difficult. Um, but, but, you know, that's why we, we do make our own products, right? To make that experience slightly better. But it doesn't exclude us from, from, from playing and, and interacting with these other products. You know, another case in point would be, you know, Amazon Alexa, for instance. Um, you know, having that ability to, um, to speak to my Alexa to turn on my Crestron lights or to close my shades or to respond to just common phrases where, you know, I can say Alexa, it's too dark in the master bedroom and my lights bump up 10% if it's nighttime, but if it's daytime, my shades might go open. So, you know, adding that value of, of having this little bit of automation built into the system is really only done when you have a, an overlying control system like ours. Well, and you know what the really interesting thing is, you know, consumers were used to be thrilled a couple of years ago when they could issue a command to their digital assistant and it would do one specific thing, you know, turn on the lights or turn on the air conditioner. Uh, but now, though, we're getting into the almost um, uh, kind of a sensor-based type of world where you walk into your home, and you, we were not, you and I were talking about this a little bit ago, and that you might come home and you may want a series of things to happen. You may want the lights to go on. You may, may want the heat to flip on. You may want some, um, the news to flip on on, on the, uh, your you know, favorite station on your television to flip on so the news is ready to go for you. So talk a little bit about that because... For many people, that's kind of advanced dance lessons, you know. So, what is Crestron bringing to and to um, bring that together to really create a, a very immersive experience? Because to me, that's where the real fun begins. Yeah, look, when you when you tie multiple subsystems together into one event, that's where the wow factor, and that's where the value gets added in, right? Being able to say, you know, Alexa, I'm home, and have my lights come on, have my shades open or closed depending on the time of day have you know, my security system be disarmed. Uh, uh, a number of things that be, can be tied to that is really where the value add and, and, and that wow factor come from, for sure. And, and you see, the thing that I have, the feedback that I typically get, and, um, you know, and I've written about this quite a bit on Forbes, is that the thing that horrifies most consumers is that um, you know, most consumers are not geeks like me and probably you. I don't want to call you a geek, John, but you're probably a geek. You know, if I, if I went to your home, there's probably a lot of geek-worthy technology. Uh, but a lot of people really don't fit into that bucket. And once they automate their home, for example, if they put sensors on windows all over their house, what they don't want to find out two years later is that the company that made the sensors went out of business. And now I've got to get, now I've got to get on a ladder or hire a contractor to replace all that stuff. You know, they look for a, a bit of stability. And for me, you know, that's kind of the, the value proposition benefit that Crestron brings because I suspect that in the commercial uh, real estate, in the where you guys have thrived for years, you know, companies don't want every don't want to swap out technology every two years. I mean, they recognize that technology changes. Let's face it, but they don't want to keep you know um, updating stuff every eighteen months, especially if there's a lot of um, heavy lifting involved in terms of how that equipment is installed. So let's talk about that because that's one of the fear factors that consumers have that I got to swap out a lot of stuff. And, you know, and let's face it, and, you know, in the DIY space, there's a lot of fly by night companies. And I don't mean that disparagingly. There's companies that are out there, they're startups, they may have a great product, but it doesn't get traction and God, they, they're, they're gone in, in a flash. So let's talk a little bit about that. So yeah, I think that's a that's a huge benefit that, that we have at Crestron is that our products are really built to last. Um, and, and, you know, 
in just our lighting and our shading products, for instance. We make motorized, our own motorized shades and we make our own lighting controls. Both of those categories carry lifetime warranties for a reason. The reason you just explained where they, you know, it's built to last, number one. And secondarily, these are things that most people don't want to change out. Yeah, five years from now, I may want to change the fabric, but do I want to replace the whole roller shade if, if I've paid money to have it installed? And so things like that that make total sense and that sense of longevity is definitely the big difference. Uh, the big difference between, you know, a, 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 a solution like Crestron and some of some of these DIY solutions, which are, you know, effectively built to fail. You know, two years is, is probably the life cycle of many of these products, and they're meant to be replaced in that amount of time. And, and you know, many homeowners don't want to do that and change their their whole uh, their whole set of, of products around their home uh, uh, every two years or so. Now, now let's flip the uh, discussion over to the um, the channel or the distribution element of Crestron products because you know you have you have this um, terrific you know um, global uh, footprint with dealers and uh, you know they do a great job of, of of course supporting you but let's talk about you know the profile of the average dealer how long they've been around and why I suspect that they like to have long term relationships with the customers that you're supporting it's not like Again, I don't want to beat up Best Buy, but you go to Best Buy and you buy a um, um, a lighting system from them. They're, you know, as much as I love the the, the Geek Squad, you know, they're probably not going to be there for you twenty four seven to help you should something go down in your home. So let's talk about the, the, that element and the kind of the profile of the average Crestron dealer because I think that's a very very uh, telling element of of, of uh, Crestron's value proposition. Yeah, so uh, you know when we look at the metrics again, our, our dealer network are are you know well-trained, well-educated, service-minded uh, companies, right? Because everything is built around service and support. Um, it's one thing to get that project initially installed, but it's another thing to be able to service that customer over time. Technology changes; people want their systems maintained and, and kept up to date, especially the things that they see and touch routinely, whether it's the remote control or or touchscreen on the wall or a, or a television. Right? These are the things that definitely change more frequently. And these are the things that are customer driven when it comes to you know, that user experience and keeping up to speed there. Um, but again, you know, focusing on, on, on service and support is, is the big thing. And these are the things that we ask of our dealers. You know, do you, how do you handle 24 seven support? What happens when a customer calls you on a Saturday evening and they can't get their lights on? You know, how, do you, how do you handle that? These are requirements that we put in place when we, when we are doing our due diligence on new dealers. And this is supremely important because this, you know, they represent Crestron, right? They see Crestron on the name. They it could be, have nothing to do with us in the back end, but but uh, inevitably we would get blamed if we if, if this if, if the system is just not functioning as expected. Let's uh, now turn our attention to my favorite topic because it's kind of a pandemic topic, and that is video conferencing. You know, video conferencing obviously has become a big deal um, in the uh, smart home especially during uh, COVID-19, uh, people are, more, are working from home. Um, I'm not sure that, that, that even after the pandemic's over, even after the vaccine's available, knock wood, you know, it's likely to change, stay, the work from home phenomenon is likely to stay with us for quite some time. So let's talk about how, you, uh, how Crestron approaches that because video conferencing is a big deal. You have spent a lot of energy, uh, you know, providing some guidance in that space because there is, I think what's emerging today is this whole aspect of almost like a, a room in the home. It's almost like a small studio. You know, it's not quite a television studio, but a place where, you know, people want to have the optimal 
sound conditions, video quality conditions, because you're, you're working on a, on a, you know, 12 hour day and you may want to look your best. You want, may, you know, may want to be able to operate with other customers and things like that. So I want to get your perspective on how uh, Crestron is approaching that, because I think that's a topic that lots and lots of work from home users would like to hear about. So uh, again, this is a place where we uniquely straddle both sides, right? We, we make and, and sell, uh, you know, home automation solutions and we have, a vast array of, of, of enterprise solutions, uh, specifically uh, what we call unified communications, right? And so that includes video conferencing, audio conferencing products. Um, so, you know, I will say when the pandemic started, we did look hard at what makes sense, right? What, what pieces can we bring over that would be easy for our residential dealers to deploy in the home that would make sense, right? So, you know, from a, a, an LED indicator outside my door to let my family know that I'm on a call and not to bother me, uh, that's a really nice, it sounds really, Stupid simple, but it's a really nice little feature that they know not to knock on the door when I'm on a, a, a call um, from our audio conferencing. And you're talking to me on one of them right now. So it's a Mercury Mini product that you know sits on my, my home office desk. Um, and then we also came out with a product we call Crestron Home Time. And that's more geared not from the work from home space, but more from the socialize and even uh, learn from home aspect, right? Uh, you know, my kids were using it last uh, spring when they were ending their uh, spring semester and sent home from school, uh, basically using my 80-inch TV in my family room as their classroom, bringing up their laptops to be used for schoolwork and note-taking. Um, so again, these are products that we've already sold in the commercial space on the enterprise side that we brought into the residential space that uh, our dealers are, 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 are all over right now. Let's talk about that for a second because you know, I, I've mentioned many times you know, Crestron's uh, footprint in the commercial and enterprise space. How is that uh, experience, how has that um, uh, legacy helped you in the smart home? Because there's a lots of overlap and presumably <coughs> lots of lessons that you've been able to extract from that. So let's talk a little bit about that because I think that's really important because many cu customers will come out the Crestron brand name saying, oh yeah, those are the guys that have outfitted my uh, video conferencing center at my uh, my company's headquarters. So let's talk a little bit about that and how it's benefited your, your smart home approach. Well, look, I, you know, the, just the overall vastness of, of our set of offerings, right? There is a tremendous amount of overlap. And so from an engineering and, and product development perspective, uh, that's helped us on both sides. You know, we, we built a video distribution product uh, 11 years ago that was primarily focused on the residential space but it quite it actually dominates the resident uh, the commercial space at this point in time. We, our digital media product, um, so and vice versa. You know some of our software tools uh, and, and some of the UC offerings that I mentioned that were specifically built for the commercial space absolutely have use cases in the, in the residential space. And there isn't a company like that in the space. No, I, I agree. I mean, uh, for all the talk about all the big you know players that are you know that are the kind of brand marquee names, you know, Crestron has been there for years. Um, in a few minutes we have left, uh, the last question I want to hit you, and I'm going to pretend that uh, you're Aaron Judge, and I'm going to throw a 75 mile an hour, and that's not even a fastball, that's probably uh, an off-speed pitch, you know. Underhand, under. <laughs> Underhand, exactly. And, uh, and that is, you know, what is your take on what the smart home is going to look like five years from now? I mean, if you have to, you know, rub, you know whip out your uh, crystal ball, you know, I'm sure Crestron does a lot of internal discussions on that, and I'm kind of curious about what your take is. Well, look, I think a couple of things when I look down the road, um, you know, there was a point in time where this was really just for the extremely wealthy, right? Um, Crestron systems in the past uh, decades ago were for that one-tenth of one percent. They were supremely expensive. 
uh, su supremely expensive to get deployed, and then supremely expensive to get ma to, ma to maintain over time. And that's changed. Uh, so I definitely see where you know this is an average thing. No one's building a home in the future without some level of automation uh, uh, designed into the into the into the home itself. Uh, and then secondarily, you know, when I start to really dig deeper. You know, machine learning and 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 um, and AI definitely play into that, where uh, patterns can be detected by the machine on how you live your life. And hey, when you pull in the driveway, because it can sense from my geofencing on my phone that I'm home. Um, what things do I routinely do on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, compared to how I live my life on the weekends? And automations can be suggested to the end user. I mean, we're already beginning to play with some of this internally right now. Um, and again, it's not to take over the home. No one, no one, you know, no one really wants that, but to offer suggestive uh, and predictive um, automations to a homeowner, I think certainly add value, right? Um, you know, I, I play a use case for me where, you know, where I'll, I'll get up in the morning and, and, and do certain things, whether, you know, um, you know, I, I, whether it's, you know, time to, in, in the gym to work out and then to go to, uh, turn on music or radio in the shower before I get get in my car and go to work. You know, uh, some mechanism that provides some automation to that, right? I don't have to manually do, do this stuff. Right. Uh, yeah, I, absolutely. That's where I do, definitely see where things, again, add value. No, I, and I'm excited about that myself because there are applications like, for example, you know, enabled by sensors, um, elderly in, in place kind of applications where, you know, you talked about if a certain pattern didn't happen, alert me. For example, if my uh, uh, if I had a, a grandparent that was um, you know that would get up at every morning at nine o'clock and walked into a certain room, if that didn't happen, send me an alert so I can you know I can jump on and find out what the story is. And I think you know precious few people have been taking advantage of that capability because it hasn't been simple and it requires uh, an integration and a bit of programming and stuff. But over time, that's going to become very very simple to deploy, and those kind of applications are going to become very very important. And I'm sure Crestron is going to make is going to integrate that very um, rapidly in their value proposition. Um, how, do we, how, we, how do we find out about uh, you guys? Uh, I know other than going to the Crestron website, is there a specific area within the website? Yeah, look, the, sure, the Crestron website could be daunting. I mean, we, we make over 4,000 SKUs, so it's, <laughs> it's not the easiest thing to navigate for end users. So we have, uh, for the residentially uh, focused side, uh, crestronhome.com, which is really focused on, on the residential space. And then personally, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, John Clancy at Crestron. Uh, and then uh, my email, jclancy at crestron.com. Well, John, this has been great. Uh, thank you for joining me for today's podcast. Uh, for the more insights and strategy audience, please follow us on our social media partner list. That's Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And until next time, have a great week. Mm -hmm.